Randy McDonald joins us today. Sit back and enjoy his story from when he relentlessly pursued the farmer for a job mucking out stalls as a young boy, through a quarter million dollar loss in business, to a successful retirement and transfer of ownership of a thriving dealership. Randy relates how we ought to see that we're blessed even when we can't see the blessing. Hi, Randy. How you doing? Good, Aaron. Good, good. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. A little, little frazzled Friday this morning, but I think we got it. I think we got it worked out. So appreciate your time. No worries. So, Randy, did you prepared a, a little devotion for us this morning? Well, I was thinking of a little something yeah. as, as you were mentioning that we are going to get together and that because it's kind of a business venue, you know, it came across to me that, well, I thought, you know, I've talked to a lot of people and, and it's interesting to say, you know, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. And I think, and I'm not sure, but I think there's a, a connotation that to be blessed means that like, well, if I'm in business, I'm making a lot of money and a lot of customers are coming and things are going really good and, and there's just no problems in my life. Well, as a Christian, I thought, do you ever say I'm blessed when things aren't going well? Mm. Because God has a way of working things out in his plan that might be different than our plan. And we can be being blessed by hard times. Peter talks about that. But I, I happen to think of King David when he was first starting out and he was running and running and running from Saul because he wanted to honor God and he didn't want to go against God's chosen one. And so it talks about how he, in fact, he went to the extreme of making friends with Achish, a king of the Philistines. And this king gave him a town, Ziklag. Said, here you go, you can take your band of worthless fellows and 400 and go hang out there and you can stay <laughs> right. away from Saul and it'll all be good. I got you. Yeah, so David, David does this and then he's hanging out with them and then they're going to go to war. The Philistine kings are going to go to war. And the guys were worried about David. Achish's buddies said, hey, these other kings, like, we don't want David to come along. He could turn on us. I mean, it could not be good. And, you know, he's not a Philistine. And uh, so we don't want him to come along. So Achish goes to David, says, hey, David, the boys don't want you to come along. They're a little afraid of what you might do. So go home. Go home to the town that I gave you. Well, David says, I've been faithful and try. Yeah, I know you have. But, you know, they get, they, they're not comfortable with it. So go home. So David says, okay. He whips up his guys. And now it's grown a little bit over years. And he's got about 600 guys. And he heads home. Well, he gets close to home. Ziklag is the town. And he looks in the distance. And it doesn't look right. But he gets closer. And then he gets closer. And he comes and finds that the Amalekites had been there. Mm-hmm. And they had burnt the town mm-hmm. and they had taken all the ladies they had taken all the kids they had taken all the stuff david had been blessed and blessed and blessed and blessed we hear that god had shown favor to david over and over and over and it's not that david had done anything wrong that we're aware of or that anything had changed but for some reason god had chosen to bless david in this way now, it was an interesting thing, because if I were David, it's like that would probably raise my blood pressure. <laughs> and I would probably be out for vengeance right? and right. want to get things squared away. Right. Upon seeing that, David, well, it says all the guys wept. I mean, everything's gone. Mm-hmm. And it was not a good situation, because David, being the leader, it, he talks about even, even his guys wanted to stone him. And sometimes in leadership and sometimes in business, things aren't going to go well. No. And you're going to feel like everybody's against me. And even God, Mm -hmm. because why would he allow this? Right. Well, David did something that I think is very wise. And he went before the Lord. He said, what do you want me to do, Lord? And that's exactly, I think, the blessing that God was giving David was to continue to grow him and strengthen Mm. him. Mm. And David proved to be of right mind and Mm -hmm. went to God. So what do you want me to do? He says, go, go get your women and children and stuff. Go get your family. Go get your family. Right. And so David does, and he's successful. Mm -hmm. And that was a hard one because it wasn't just all about David. 
the Amalekites were something that God had said, I'm going to take you out because of what they did to the people of Israel when they come out of Egypt mm -hmm. and they crossed the Red Sea. It talks about how they had come up behind these really slaves mm -hmm. that didn't know anything. They weren't trained for battle. They hardly had, you know, left with anything that the only thing that they could put in their carts and that type of thing. And then mm -hmm. the Amalekites came up behind them mm -hmm. and started slaughtering women and children mm -hmm. and everything. And God said, your day is coming mm -hmm. and we're going to make that right. David was part of that fulfillment because Saul... Mm -hmm. He let him go. The first king, he let him go. What is this lowing of cattle? Yep. That's what Samuel said to <laughs> right, him. Right, right. Like, yeah, dead sheep don't bleat, you know. <laughs> dead sheep don't bleat. <laughs> yeah. So David got that handled. A few guys got away on camels. Mm -hmm. if, you, if times get really tight, buy a camel. They can go fast, <laughs> right. 40 mile an hour, and they, uh, they, they can go a long time without water. So right. I think they're a good thing to have around. <laughs> right. A few of them got away, but Simeon's... Family finished that up in Second Chronicles and took out the rest right, of them. So exactly. God fulfills his word. We don't know what he's up to. Right. Being blessed may not always be because we have abundance. Right. It, it may be that the blessing is is that growth. So, no, yeah, I think that's great. And, and in today's culture, I think, you know, even even though we say on the face as, as Christians in business, we say, well, you know, I mean, cause that's a pretty normal concept for guys, Christians in business. We've talked to a lot of guys on the podcast who are kind of in that situation where they're, you know, Hey, it's not necessarily all about the dollars and, and, and the world's view of success. And we can say that, but that doesn't necessarily, sometimes that, that line gets a little gray in our hearts. And I think it's a good reminder to see, you know, that, that God, that sometimes that blessing is growth and sometimes growth is hard. That's so right. yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, Randy, you and I have known each other for, for quite a while here and you've been a blessing in, in my life in, in several different ways, even from, from a place to live. So, but, but long before I knew you, your, your story kind of started when you were real young, came from a big family. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I want to, I want to hear kind of your story from that from that family and, and on through life in business. But first I want to touch on your, your personal testimony. Tell us how you came to meet, came to know Christ and how that affected your life and, and how, you know, how he moved in your life. Sure. As you said, a fairly large family have a total in the immediate family and then two half brothers and father left when I was eight years old. And so that was tough on a single mom. Uh, we were children that were raised under the welfare program and so at one point in our life, we lived on Main Street there. A couple guys stopped by and said, hey, we're from the Baptist Church, and we'd, we'd like to take your kids to come and play uh, Wednesday night, play some games. And what do you think, Mrs. McDonald? And it's like, well, sure, that'd be a wonderful thing. <laughs> we'll come by and pick them up, and we'll bring them home. And so that was great. So off we went to the WANA program, and I can't tell you the day, and I can't tell you even who the speaker was or anything of that nature, but at nine years old, I remember whatever whatever happened, it's, it, it, it was like, well, this Jesus they're talking about, I'd like to know him. I want to get to know him. I don't know much. I'm just a snotty-nosed little kid at nine years old who likes to play games and eat treats. But right? like this guy they're talking about, like he sounds like he, he would be worth knowing in life. And so I gave my heart to Christ. I asked Jesus. I said, Jesus, would you be part of my life? Would you come into my heart? And it was an amazing thing because I'll never forget it. And the change of heart. And as I went back home and told my mother, you know, nothing else changed. Mm. You know, it didn't mm. change my home, didn't change my setting, didn't change the dysfunction, didn't change even a lot of the thought process, but my heart was different. Mm. And I talk about 11 years of, everybody has a different incubation period, <laughs> and 11 years of desires with no boundaries and living in that environment. But God continually pursued me, placing people in my path, mm. putting me in right situations. I developed a hunger for his word. I wanted to know who he was. So I'd read a little bit, and I'd show up to church occasionally on the bus, you know. And uh, I remember specifically later on in life, uh, te early teens, I would go to church occasionally. 
they'd pass this thing called communion. Pastor Mead would talk about that, you know, like, well, you got to examine yourself and see where you're at in life and how your heart is and how you are with your brothers and sisters in Christ. And, you know, if you're not at peace with that, I'd recommend that you don't participate in that communion. Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't even touch that plate. When it come by, I'd let that thing go, man. Nope, not touching that thing. Lightning's going to come. It's all going to be over. Right. <laughs> so, you know, God is a, just a wonderful God. We, and, uh, we could use a little more, I think, communion talk like that. I think in the in, in the American church, I think... I think sometimes it gets so routine. We do it so often; it can become so routine. So, I I don't I don't think it would hurt for us to have a little more of that <laughs> type of concept of no, this is special and it's, it's special. for a special people and right. and it's yeah. So so anyway, so then so at that time you were kind of like I'm ah, you know just kind of not that incubation period. You're still in that incubation right. period, and then and so you know kind of break that down as far as continuing beyond that point what what kinds of things happened to well i think the major the major thing for me and for whatever reason you know 11 years later uh still occasionally going to that church having great people uh invested in my life that were great godly examples of men and some not godly but just good men Mm. like you know okay i didn't have a father so how do you learn how to be a father if you don't Mm. have a father Mm. And not that I was seeking to be a father at that point, but to at least be a man. Right. And maybe even a man that some woman would want, right? Sure. You know, for the future. So, like, how do I be a good man? And God had put some wonderful people in my life to be able to display that. And I continued to be in his word. And he kept continually working on me, developing me, maybe through hard times of, of you know, disciplining me right and and uh, yeah so anyways i said you know what they talk about this baptism thing and how that if you want to make a statement and in yourself in your own heart but also to others that you want to live for jesus that that's a good thing to do and jesus says that too you know be baptized and not that it's a a salvation issue but it's a good thing to do mm-hmm. you know if you confess me before man i'll confess you before my father in heaven christ mm-hmm. tells us so i thought well I want to get wet. And uh, right? I was not married. I was a uh, young man, but I wanted to do that. And so I did. And I think that was really a life-changing experience for me when I got baptized and made that public profession in front of the church. It's like, mm. okay, now I've made a statement. I've said to people mm-hmm. who I am and who I want to be. Mm-hmm. And now I have some responsibility to own up to that. Mm. Not because I want to look good, mm-hmm. but because I don't want Christ to look bad. Mm. That's heavy. <laughs> Let's just sit, for, sit with that for a second. Not because I want to look good, but because I don't want Christ to look bad. That's, that's heaviness. So you got baptized. Got baptized. And uh, yeah, I was dating a wonderful girl. She was a couple years younger. I teased that, you know, I had to date a younger girl because all the girls my age and grade wouldn't date me. So <laughs> they knew me. So right. anyways, Renick fell in love with her. So we were dating. And then as she saw that progression of my faith, because she was a Christian, yeah, we moved forward in that and, and set up to get married. And... Do you think that that relationship with Beth had influence on your... On your on your growth, on your Christian growth? Not initially. Not initially. Okay. Not initially. No, no, not initially. I don't know if we were dating that much or a little bit, but definitely later on in life. I mean, I'm, I'm, I married, uh, yeah. A solid uh, woman. Oh, man. She's, yeah. she's, yeah, she's, she's something else. She yeah. is solid. Yeah. You know, I think that I, would, I wouldn't say that my wife has necessarily grown me in my faith, more that my wife has grown in such a way and has a certain an air of expectation that that I grow. There's there's kind of she's like she it's almost like like uh, like like there's a bar like mm-hmm. there's there's a bar that that is set there that's understood. Now she's not some tyrant expect you need to grow in your faith, but it's like I want to because 
God has entrusted me with a family. God's entrusted me with a wife and a godly wife. And I, I got a responsibility and I got to step up. And the only way I can step up is by closeness to Christ. And so I think that has, it's not like she directly, you know, in, it's not like she directly, you know, contributes to my growth, but her presence is a catalyst. Her presence and her walk, et cetera, is a catalyst and and a an understanding of a responsibility to grow. If if she's gonna grow, I, I definitely have to grow. And so in in I think a lot of my, you know, spiritual leadership in the home has been influenced by that. Early on in, in, in our marriage years, we I, I wasn't. I wasn't leading. And then and there was this expectation that I would that wasn't necessarily communicated. It was just felt. And and so that that encouraged me to grow just because of the weight of that responsibility. So Well, that's not uncommon. I mean you know, if if, if you get married, if you're like most, or at least in, in rural Fremont America, you go to work. That's what I did. I went to work. And mm-hmm. so like I worked hard, man. I you know, and then we had a kid and well, I didn't have insurance and so I'm making payments on this first kid and that was so much fun. I asked Beth if we could do it again, and she agreed. And, you know, we had another kid. And now I'm making payments on two kids. It's like, wait a minute, you know? So I'm going to work early, and I'm right. working hard and doing other things. It's like the spiritual leadership, I don't think that's uncommon in families. That's a challenge for the man to be the spiritual leader. We can we can be frank about that, and it's because of a time element. And, mm-hmm. and so women can tend to be, godly women can tend to be a driving force in that arena. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's so bad, because the two becoming one, like, that's what we do. Right. It's right. no pressure. Like, honey, I'll go to work. And if you want to stay home and raise these kids, you know, for us, I would love that, because that's a whole lot harder job than going to work. Right whole lot harder job. Mm-hmm. I mean, you ever think of that? Go, oh, go, go, to, go, to, go to the grocery store and watch the mom that has four kids <laughs> trying to get groceries. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not easy. It's no, like, it's you know, I've seen that once and I see a lady, and, you know, it's got a kid in the cart just screaming and screaming and going around, you know. And she's saying, it's okay, Susie. Well, we'll be out of here soon, Susie. We're going to, We'll be done with the list pretty soon. The way she goes, she gets up to the register and the clerk goes, man, you are impressive. You are, <laughs> you are something. The patience and everything you have. I mean, that's quite something. She says, lady, you don't get it. I'm Susie. <laughs> Sometimes you got to talk yourself off the cliff, right? right? You know, you're all, it's like... So this whole spiritual leadership thing, and I, I didn't feel pressured with Beth. And Scripture is very clear that as the two become one, it's very clear that the better your wife looks, good job, Aaron. Mm. And the better you look, good job, Melissa. Mm. That's what we're here for. And who doesn't want to? If you love... I don't want to hurt my wife and I want to encourage my wife and I want to support my wife. So these things are what we do. It's like, it's not a have to, or you must, or you said an interesting thing early. I want to, Mm -hmm. I tend to want to do kind things to people that do kind things to me. Right. I just want to. Right. And not a have to Mm -hmm. too much pressure. So I'm I'm about taking pressure off. I really am. Like we're fed some lies that, that Satan loves to mm-hmm. deceive us and take us off off track. Right. So. so then, so married, growing in your faith, really kind of stepping into the, you know, being in spiritual leadership and then outside, you you know, working with the church and in leadership in the church and, and a lot of that kind of those skills, et cetera, in terms of leadership also took place in the business world. So let's, let's backtrack. Cause I, I just, I've, I've heard bits of your story here and there from people around and, and, uh, and it's a really, what I've heard is very interesting. So if we want to, if, if you don't mind, let's, let's step back to when you're really young, okay. Raised in the welfare system. Right. <laughs> and so at some point you stepped out and started, started kind of getting get getting some stuff going doing some work 
Talk to me about from the beginning. Let's do, walk me yeah, through. Yeah, sure, sure. Well, it's. I don't think it's uncommon when you're a young kid, you have a little bit of energy. And if you don't have anything, you might figure out that if you go to work, you might get something, right? You know, and you right. got to do something anyhow. We didn't have anything to play with. So, and, <laughs> right? you know, and you beat up on your brothers and sisters so long. That gets old because, they, <laughs> you know, so it's like, well, what am I going to do? So I go down to the neighbor and I say, you know, can I clean your pig pens on Saturday? Yeah, you can do that. That's good. So I did that. And then summer comes along and the guys used to pick up these square bales in the field. They'd bale them and then guys would go pick them up. And like I was so little, I couldn't lift one of those bales. But, you know, I could run ahead of those boys and I could roll those bales in closer so they didn't have to walk so far. Mm. And then the old gentleman farmer sees me doing that. So he gives me a buck or something, you know, like that's rewarding. Mm hmm. There you go. Okay, I like that. I'm going to do that some more. And pretty soon, it's, okay, this kid, well, he can he can come and he can clean pig pens. Well, then this old gentleman farmer, he passes away. Sad day. Yeah, just a great, great guy. Didn't say much, but let me do things like drive his truck down on 48th Street when I was 11 years old. You know, I couldn't, I was sitting on the edge of the seat. And like, <laughs> Blocks tied to your feet was, so you could reach a gas he, he thought it was safer letting me drive his truck two miles down on the main street than it was let me drive the tractor i guess i don't know <laughs> so that was fun but now he's gone now what am i gonna do still mm-hmm. got a lot of energy didn't know what to do didn't think i was very smart but what i thought was you know what i can outwork. i'm a skinny little thing i can outwork guys i'm not that i'm the strongest and biggest but man i can run all day all night mm-hmm. and I, I don't need much sleep mm-hmm. so i'm just gonna work Wanted a job, wanted a job, liked farming, saw that, saw a farm down the road, went and talked to the guy. Can I work? Can I clean out these cow stanchions where the cows come in and make a mess? Can I clean those out for you? I don't know. I'm 12 years old. You know, I'm mm-hmm. just a little kid. Mm-hmm. Probably wasn't 100 pounds even mm-hmm. by then, I'm sure. And he wasn't quite sure, but he didn't tell me no. So he was only there on Saturdays. He, he had a foundry in Muskegon that he... Uh, ran so he would show up on Saturdays to just see how things were going. So Saturday, here was this little kid again back there. You know, can I, you know, can I, can I, uh, what can I do? Can I clean the, can I milk cows for you? Can I, uh, I don't know. But he didn't tell me no. <laughs> Off I'd go. Let me think on it, he'd say. So, oh, next Saturday, I'd back. <laughs> well, can I, can I just, would you let me sweep the floor maybe? The just sweep widow. the floor. <laughs> Oh, I'm not sure about that. And but let me think on it. He was such a gentleman, such a kind man. This went on ten times. Ten, ten times. Saturdays in a row, you are chasing down. I don't know if it's in you a row. You are chasing down cleaning yeah, up poop. Well, whatever. <laughs> and I show up the tenth time, and he hands me a note. He says, "Okay, yep, you're not going to work on the farm. You're going to work at my house, and you're going to pull weeds." And uh, you be there Monday morning at nine o'clock or whatever it was. And here was, and he handed me an envelope and there was $10 in there for my persistence. What year was this? Oh man. So I'm 12 years old. So now I'm 62. So 50 years ago. <laughs> 50, right? years, 50 ago. years ago. 10 bucks for a 12 year old. Oh, not bad. Oh, <laughs> and he was going to pay me 75 cents an hour. Yeah. So like. I am pumped. Right. And I found out later that the biggest one of it, not that he, he two, two reasons he didn't want me on the farm. One, the influence of the big boys, because, mm-hmm. you know, that wasn't going to be good. Mm-hmm. All these 19, mm-hmm. 20, 21 year olds, you know, that he didn't think that was good for a 12 year old boy to be around. And secondly, he was afraid that my brothers and sisters would follow me down there. So, so he sends me off to his house which was just a wonderful thing and puts me pulling weeds you know and i pulled weeds and i pulled weeds and i'm i'm really good at pulling weeds today i love pulling weeds <laughs> i it's you know i know we still I know do it for 75 cents an hour I, I know it's a curse but i don't mind it i don't mind it like yep Pluck those babies out of there, just like getting the sin out of your life, right? Just so, them so where do there, people so. go to get a seventy-five cent an hour weed puller? How do they get a hold of you, Randy? Yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah, I'd probably come and pull your weeds for free. So you're pulling weeds for a pulling while. Pulling weeds, pulling weeds, and just really developing a relationship with this gentleman. And then he had this farm, and it turned into the the whole PBB time frame where there was issues with cattle because of fire retardant that ended up in feed. 
And so we had a problem and that, that dissolved his dairy. But he had this, uh, he went into, he had a lot of property. So he went into cash cropping alfalfa. And then as I got older and started, must've been probably ninth grade, 10th grade, somewhere in there, started working on this farm. Mm-hmm. And that's when I, uh, well, 16, when, when, when was I 16? So when I turned 16, the we had a sad situation where the my brothers and sisters ended up going with my dad because mom was struggling. And the court found out about that and we were on welfare. So they came and took the kids away and they ended up going up with my dad. And I stayed here on my own. Went to some dear, dear people who let me live in their place for a while, for six months while I finished up the year in school. And then I went and lived on my own, one of the homes that this guy owned and stayed in there and worked on his farm. And and then when school started, I would I would go and I'd go to school for a half a day and then I'd go work on the farm mm-hmm. for a half a day. So that worked out really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a good combination. Helped me get through get through school. Wanted to graduate. I don't know why. It's not like I like school. It's not like <laughs> I open books. I shame to say I wish I would have thought right. differently, but I mm-hmm. didn't. I didn't. I just But I you think, wanted to finish. Well, yeah, I think I liked the shower. And and the hot lunch is what I went for. So, yeah, thirty five cents I gotta a piece. Do a, and, if I got to do a little math, well, I, okay. I'm a bachelor, right? right you know, right. yeah, that was my main meal of the day. I mean, two hot lunches. I loved them. Kids mm-hmm. hated them. I loved them. <laughs> like, yeah, you don't know. This is hot food. <laughs> Try cottage cheese and bologna every day. See what you think of that. Ten bucks a week. I could live on ten bucks a week back then. So really? it was pretty good. Yeah, and the showers were nice because I didn't have running water ah. in the in the home where I lived come winter. So oh, okay. I'd go to school and make sure I took gym class first hour <laughs> so that you can get your shower. Get in. my shower <laughs> worked out perfect. Why not? Right? Why not? Just perfect, perfect. So, so it's all good. And then so yeah. you're so you're working on the farm. Working on the farm, and then meet this gal. Okay. Get baptized. Get married. Kids come, making payments on kids. Like, well, this farming gig is, it's hard to provide for a family. On this little farming it gig. It is. It's okay. just hard to provide for a family. So now what do you do? Well, you think, well, what, what do I do? We're in Fremont, Michigan. What do you do, right? You go work at the Gerber factory. That's it. Well, church. Church is a good thing. I know it's full of hypocrites, but that's okay. <laughs> we can. It's, it's a. I met some wonderful people. The first church we went to, that, yeah, just love them dearly, loved me, so well. And a couple of guys said, "Hey, ever thought about, you know, doing something different? Have I ever? You know." <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I love only, I love working in poop all day. I'm, only only a couple three hundred times, you know, last week. <laughs> right, right. Oh, you mean like five minutes ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah I think yeah. so. So they said, well, you know, um, well, I, I should I should share because it was a good thing, you know. Amway was a good thing somewhere in that time frame before someone. I think it was. Um, Someone came along and showed us that. And I thought, well, maybe I could do that on the side and pick mm-hmm. up a few extra bucks. And mm-hmm. I didn't mind selling soap. Mm-hmm. I really didn't. I liked mm-hmm. people. And it was okay. Mm-hmm. And so I did that for a little bit, learned a lot, got to rub shoulders with a great mix of different people, mm-hmm. honed some skills as far as speaking and mm-hmm. that type of thing. Just fantastic. So I think that's how I got the opportunity because I was doing a presentation somewhere and these gentlemen saw me and thought, oh, Maybe this young kid is, you know, maybe he's got something here. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had a car dealership in town. Mm-hmm. And so then they asked me, they wanted to start a finance department. Would you consider doing something different? Yeah, you bet. Let's talk. We talk. We'd like you to run a finance department for us. Okay. Well, we talked again. You know, not a quick thing. Yeah, we're not sure the timing's right. We're talking 80s, 83, mm-hmm. 84. Excuse me. Just coming off very high interest rates, very tough mm-hmm. time. Um, okay, we talk again. Well, we don't know about that, but maybe we got a gentleman retiring, maybe about selling cars. What do you think of that? Okay, well, what's that involved? Well, we give you a car and commission. Okay, anything else? Nope. That's it. That's it. <laughs> car and commission. We'll, 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 we'll let you get here, but then if you don't sell, you don't make any money. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's a little scary, but I don't know. Maybe it'd be okay. We talk again. We talk again. Six months. Mm -hmm. We talk. 
And you're still mucking stalls. Well, no, no animals. Haylage. We're buying. Okay. And we're 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 chopping and baling and selling hay. So you're you're no running animals. tractors. I have animals at my house, but yeah, yeah semis. This is you know semis. You're running trucks, big and choppers, okay, and sure, stuff like that. So, but thinking like getting further behind wasn't making a thousand dollars a month. Right. I got two kids at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, not not easy. And and a brother. We had taken in a brother. So. Okay. Okay. So need to do something different. And we talk again. And finally, we come to the agreement. And I'm going to go sell cars. Not sure about that, but got to do something. Mm-hmm. Still making payments on these two kids. <laughs> right, right. Can't have another one. I don't right. make enough. <laughs> so made the switch. And he started Hard selling thing. cars. Loved the gentleman dearly that gave me that opportunity for all those years and the people I worked with and... But it's like you know, I gotta, I gotta provide for this family. So you're selling cars. So and you, sold cars. Yeah, you showed up. Showed up. Were able to pay the bills. Put on a clean shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then once yeah. you got the bills paid, then okay. So then did you move move forward and move up with some management? Yeah, yeah it worked well. Liked people. Don't care about cars. Never liked cars. <laughs> They're costly. They break. They, I don't. I, I like them to start and go. But they've made and, you a couple dollars. They over did the years, all right, haven't they? Me. They did. So like, don't care about cars, and I'm colorblind. So I didn't tell them that when they hired me. People say, "What color is that?" And I say, "Well, what color do you think it is?" And, you know, I mean, like, I am not. This guy shouldn't be selling cars. But what else was I going to do? So you. Gerbers are selling cars, did well, and and then uh, did that for two years. And then we said, okay, let's let's get this finance department going. They had done a little bit of it, but it wasn't successful. They were great guys. We come to an agreement. I got into that where we could help people do their financing right there and had to make relationships with banks, enjoyed that, setting that up, mm-hmm. and did really well. Mm-hmm. And then one gentleman, well, I think that they, they thought they were getting older. They were, you know, 64 or so, mm-hmm. 60s, and thought, well, maybe it's time we get rid of the store. But the market was such where maybe it wasn't, there wasn't a lot of interest or, or whatever. So they had, a, they had a couple couple dealerships then, right? No, just one at that oh, point. Oh, they just so, had the one. Yep, okay. just the one. And so anyways, one of the, uh, they tried that. And then one of the gentlemen said, I, I really would like to retire while I can. So they gave me the opportunity say, to, both of them were so kind. One said I would, that he would sell me his shares over time, sweat equity. Mm-hmm. And the other one agreed to that, which mm. was is big deal, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll right, let Randy right. be a minority partner at this point. And over time he can earn interest and, and get right. that. So that was wonderful. And did that, very excited, you know, took a pay cut. You know, most people, when they, when they you know, they go into business, they're going to be the owner, right. like, I'm going to make a lot of money, right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's take, okay. It's okay. I took a pay but cut. But you, oh, well, you saw the potential. Right, it was you. an investment. So that's right. what we did. Fantastic, fantastic partnership. Business did well. Yeah. And, and so gentleman you, was just a, well, I say this, he was, he was more to a father to me than my own father. He was just a mm. great guy. One of his sons came in the business, had a great relationship with him, really enjoyed it. We were having a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And then, then we bought another dealership. And you bought another dealership. We bought another dealership right in the same town. Mm. And then his two other sons came and they worked, one worked there, one worked the, other. the other one with me and the son that we were partners with went out there. Mm-hmm. And so it was going well. Yeah, it was all that was going well. And then the Lord provided and made opportunity where the other two boys could come in with dad and mm-hmm. the one son at one dealership. And I bought out the, the other you bought one. bought out the full Bought out the dealership. other one. It wasn't, that wasn't a fun time for either of us, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. One of those times when you would say, well, I don't know. What are you up to, Lord? Are we blessed here? I'm not so sure. Mm-hmm. Things I, get would dare, I would dare say that as we both look back now, we would say definitely that God was in it. It, right. was, it was a thing for us. But was so, it like financial difficulties, difficulties Not financial difficulties, just because you got, you got, you know, a few people involved and in trying mm, to do what's best. Negotiate, and, right. Yeah, and just all that. So it's just... So people. That's a little... Yeah, people. People it's just work. A, right, right. So, but but so it then, all worked out. All worked out very So then you... Sure. So now you're owning this dealership. Right. Kind of on your own, separated from the others. Yep. Obviously kind of moving forward. 
And then you came to a point where you were thinking, well, and I don't want to do this forever. And so you had a couple of guys that were working and kind of offered them a similar opportunity in that. Well, I did. It, we, I had one glitch in there where I had a couple gentlemen. Well, I had a simple philosophy in business. Work yourself out of a job. Hmm. That was it. That's all I did. So you worked yourself out of a job. Every time. And gave. When I was selling, I worked myself out of that. Training people and then went into finance and worked myself out of that. Trained someone to take that position. And when I was a dealer, you know, worked myself out of that. Like, okay, who can, who can do this? And so that, that's what I did constantly. Because time is very valuable to me. Mm. Well, and, especially, I mean, you had four daughters at Yeah, this yeah, point. we did. Two more. Yep. We got yeah. enough money where we could pay off the first two kids. And we decided <laughs> to have another one. More. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, so, yeah, and that was fun. So we did it again and had um, our fourth. And sure. Yeah, that was awesome. Four girls, so four, four girls. lovely girls. <laughs> God knew that if I had a boy, I'd try to duplicate myself, and that <laughs> may not be good. So <laughs> that may not be good. <laughs> that may not be good. So so then you had these these couple guys at the dealership that you owned kind of toward the end that you basically offered the same opportunity to them that had been offered to you through the first dealership. I, d I did in a way we did it a little bit differently because I had learned a lesson. I had two gentlemen that had an interest in the store and it was a little early. Both times that I got out was a little early, but I thought, and I didn't know them, but they were car guys and mm -hmm. managers for a, a large dealership who had multiple dealerships and they ran them and they had an interest. So I thought, well, maybe this is the time Lord little, mm -hmm. I'm young, but maybe this is the time mm -hmm. they had the store, good car guys worked hard, never missed a beat. We went through some tough times. We're heading into 2008, mm -hmm. 2008, 2009. Oh okay. People know what that was like. Banks were shutting down, getting out of the car business and other things, calling loans, mm -hmm. put these guys in a pick in a position where they, they needed to make some decisions. So I went back into the store and they went back. So you managing had, other so stores. you had kind of backed I had out taken a year, year and a half off and let the, let these guys kind of run things, kind of run things. And they owned, it. I was going to sell it to them, the franchise, mm -hmm. but then ended up with it back. That was fine there again, not a bad thing. You know, you may look at that and say, wow, Lord, what, what's this all about? You know, mm -hmm. things are terrible. Thanks a lot. Dumping me in here, mm -hmm. 2009, going to lose a quarter million dollars. Mm -hmm. That's what I could see. Sure enough, I was a little off, but it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it was too pretty, far off. It was pretty close, and I was a little low, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I'm a little third there. <laughs> so anyways, you know, like, Lord, what are you doing here? Well, it was wonderful. The growth that came from that, the, the lessons I learned, the things that we did, and then brought in, had these other two gentlemen who are just great guys, and said, okay, we're going to go about it a little bit different, but on somewhat of the same structure, and we're going to back off a little slowly, mm -hmm. you know, more slowly. And so we did that, and it was tremendous, absolutely so you, wonderful. So you helped kind of support them through the risk. Just gave them the opportunity. Right. I'll, tra I'll, trade you, I'll trade you time for money. Mm. Right, sure. Mo mo you know, a lot of people have time, and they don't have any money. Mm-hmm. And other people have money, but they have no time. Right. You, so it's you like, wanted a balance. I wanted a balance there. Got you. Got so, you. Yeah, we got to a point where I could do that and, mm -hmm. and, and, and afford to let them grow. Often in business are some really interesting things like, you know, sometimes we make decisions that aren't good decisions because we can't afford that growth. Growth costs. Mm. Right. Structurally and personnel. Mm -hmm. and individually I mean, personally right yeah sure everything has a cost to it every sure. decision involves a cost like well can i i always say consider the cost consider the cost mm -hmm. can i afford this mm -hmm. well sometimes you can't afford for mm -hmm. the business to grow or mm -hmm. to allow people to grow in the sense of of making you know mistakes mm -hmm. right because right. that's what happens like right. it's like driving we don't, we aren't born good drivers. You right. learn to drive. And most people, you can have a business sense, but you're going to learn business. Right. Be a student of it. Don't have to be complicated. That's right. what I did with the auto business. I don't like cars, but mm. I became a student of it. Right. And, you know, so. So, so now today I, I, I can name several people who have been blessed by your counsel business wise. So as you're telling your whole story, 
I hear no formal education in business. I hear no, no, no particular, you know, way method of drilling down, you know, business concepts, et cetera. But you've been, even to me, I mean, goodness, we sat right here at this desk a while back and uh, oh boy. <laughs> so obviously quite a bit of experience to impart this wisdom. Do you, it, does that mostly come from experience or is there some secret class that you took that you didn't share with us? <laughs> Become a student. I wasn't, like I said, I didn't, I didn't consider myself very smart. Not that I was dumb, but I just didn't, I didn't have that. Well, desire academically initially. So it's okay. How do you know what to order? Through stages, when I sold cars, all I really cared about that if Forrest walked on my dealership, walked in the dealership and he wanted a vehicle that I had that vehicle he wanted out on the lot as a salesman. That's what was my concern. Mm -hmm. And then I became the F&I manager. It's like, okay, well, my concern was is that the salesman had cars that could be competitive in the market so they could sell them. So it got a little bit broader. And then I became a dealer. And so now my concern became not necessarily what every customer desired that I had on the lot, but what was my average turn and that was the most marketable and that could expand to more dealerships so that maybe I don't have that customer in Fremont, Michigan, but some dealer in Grand Rapids does and he sees that I have that car and so he calls me and says, hey, Randy, I, I see you got that car. Can I buy it from you? So my picture became larger and larger, mm -hmm. right? And so simple I simplified like my girls were into horses and I would go to horse shows and and I would watch them a little bit but then after so long it's yeah they ride I a would, horse they, they ride a horse <laughs> hopefully they're staying on which right they did most of the time <laughs> I'd go and I would look at the trucks that were pulling the horse trailers mm. oh how are people ordering how are they equipping their trucks that they're mm -hmm. buying to pull their horse trailers. That's mm -hmm. what I want to have on my lot because we got a lot of horse people in Fremont, mm -hmm. Michigan. And like, mm -hmm. well, what do you order for your used car lot? You're going to spend a million dollars and you're going to have 60 vehicles out there and you want to turn it. Like it's all about turn. You want to turn that inventory. You don't want it sitting there. I'm not a collector. Mm -hmm. I buy them to sell them. How do you know what to order? Mm -hmm. I can get all kinds of information from Detroit and the franchise and all that. But like we're in Fremont, Michigan. People don't, what buy, are people driving? We don't buy two-wheel drive trucks. How do you know what people are driving? Man, I'm, I'm across the street from Walmart. Randy, why don't you grab a cup of coffee and go walk the Walmart lot? They'll tell you what people are buying. So you, you, you created Randy's school of... Become a student. Randy. And Just so, be a student. So you student. found opportunities for education. And over time, people saw that. And so now, looking back on our conversation... Some of the things you shared with me, you know, when, when, when I switched from general construction to just roofing at Redeemed, your, some of your conversation was in terms of educating. Well, Aaron, what are people, what are people doing? What are, you know, what are, and, and your questions were all education type questions. And you were kind of in that mentorship process, you were asking me questions to create Aaron's school for Aaron. And I, because one of my thoughts as I was, I was preparing to talk to you today was, okay, how, uh, wh what does Randy's mentorship of other people look like? Because like I said, you, you don't know anything about roofing, right? You, you, no. you know, cars because you educated yourself in cars, but you were still able to give me wise counsel in roofing because you weren't giving me counsel about roofing. You were giving me counsel. Now that I look back at it, you were giving me counsel in education and some, some business stuff that you'd experienced in growth, et cetera. But that, that um, education was to educate me on how to educate myself. So what, what do you got here, Andy? What well, it's just a booklet, but I was going to say something in reference to that. It's like I ask this question often because I just love it. It's like, okay, I'm Randy, I'm, I've got my own business. I'm doing my business. Oh, that's great, Aaron. That's great for us. How much are you going to pay yourself? And how do you know how right. much to pay yourself? Right. Like, wow, I don't, I don't know. It's like, well, if I go to work and like, Whatever's in the checkbook, right? Right. <laughs> nope. 
I can tell you the answer to that question. You have to pay yourself, as Randy McDonald says, you have to pay yourself as much as it would cost to pay somebody else to do that job. And I'm, I'm guessing that that thought process came from experience. You, you didn't go to school or read some book that told you ran into an experience where, oh shoot, I wasn't paying myself enough or, oh shoot, I'm paying myself too much. So, well, how do you determine that? You know, like I had a rule that I wouldn't take a wage that was 10 times more than any employee within the store. Mm. Now, like, I don't know where I came up with that, but that was like, it's just your decision. This you said, just... now do something different and not that you don't have other benefits, and not that there isn't other opportunity mm-hmm. to invest in the mm-hmm. in your business that can give you a return mm-hmm. by a building, by a mm-hmm. cat, whatever it is. But your wage right? from that particular business, you said, take care of the business. Right. That was the wonderful thing about partnerships, and I learned that from my partner. Mm. You know, like take care of the business. Always mm-hmm. look for the business. So become a student of the business. I can. Mm-hmm. I left that after thirty plus years. I could not order you a car. I couldn't order it. I never was able to order a car. I did at the first dealership, second dealership, never knew how to order a car. Don't know what the packages are, really didn't. I just did not care about cars, but I cared about people. Right. And so that really helped. And I was really big on processes. What happens when? What happens when? What happens when Aaron and Forrest pull in my driveway? What happens? Do they mm-hmm. know where to go? How mm-hmm. they know where to go? What mm-hmm. happens when they come through? The, what happens when? Right. And so I'm really big on processes. That's a book I dragged out for you. So I would just process everything. I just ask that question. What happens when? Like, mm-hmm. do I know? You know, I used to tell my employees. Contingency plan. Well, yeah, when they come succession. to work for me, I said, there's a few things you want to know. Like, you know, how to get here, what time we start, when payday is, and where the exit door is. Because you right. might want to leave. <laughs> right. We don't have to make it complicated. <laughs> just show up and sell cars, right? Yeah, yeah. So so you've you've had plenty of opportunities to to mentor other people because they've just seen your success in business etc and but that that's not cars and business is not really where your heart is and and so now you've moved into a place where you've you've kind of removed yourself from the dealership and those guys are running things and and but now you are participating in a pretty heavy ministry in marriage counseling right yeah, it, it started out primarily marriage counseling. Yes, and you were doing—you've been doing that for a while, kind of on unofficial capacity. You've walked with couples through some stuff in the past. Yeah. So how did that? How did that expand into into what's going on now? What What's going on now? Well, that's quite a quite a process, and that's all part of God setting you up to really fulfill His will in your life if you're looking for it and after it. And I guess I could say it's like typing, and I joke about this, typing. I can type, and I can type quite well. My motive for taking typing in in school was because I like girls. (laughs) And I figured, there's going to be a lot of girls in this typing class. (laughs) And you know what? I was right. (laughs) I learned how to type, and I would have never been able to do what I did in business if I couldn't type well. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was just so funny. So, okay, the whole thing with the ministry. My heart, what, what's Randy's, what's, what does he do? He works himself out of a job. Mm-hmm. So, and I wanted to do something. I said, Lord, if possible, could I do something to, you know, the last chapter, whatever that looked like, that I don't have to retire from because I don't see where retirement's in the scriptures. And not right. that you can't back off, but it's just not me. I don't see going south for six months, or I just don't see that. And I'm, I, I move a lot slower than I used to. That just happens. Mm-hmm. Didn't see that coming either. And But anyways, it's like, can I do something, you know, that, that I can just do, that I can continue to do for a long time? Mm-hmm. And I didn't think it would be this at all, mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. I wasn't for counseling, didn't really even agree with counseling. Like, suck it up, man. Mm-hmm. Life is rough. It can be brutal. That's the way it is for everybody. Read your Bible and move on. Get over it. You know, you're anxious. Don't be anxious about anything, but prepare and supplication with thanksgiving. Make your request made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind. There you go. You're all set. You're all set. Don't be anxious. Move on. (laughs) 
And like, so that was me. But yet I counseled Besses. I counseled people a lot in the dealership just over time. And I think over time, as I reflect on that, that's probably, that's probably, you know, yeah, true. And, and people helped me, counseled me. So it was something that I enjoyed because I enjoy people. Mm-hmm. I love the story. Like, mm-hmm. what's going on? Why do people do what they do? That was always a big thing to me. I had a written down, why do people do what they do? You know, that's part of who, maybe I was trying to just figure out myself. And so why do we do what we do? Anyways, so the Lord says, okay, well, we got this going on. And marriages, I had a special heart for marriages because of my experience, saw the mess that it made with my family, you know, mm-hmm. through a divorce. Nobody's mm-hmm. fault. I'm not trying to blame anybody. My mm-hmm. dad, I love my dad, love my mom. They did the best they could. I told him so. I have no issue with that mm-hmm. at all. They didn't set out to hurt it. You know, it's just like, and it wasn't, I'm not going to blame them because they couldn't, couldn't right. do what we right. think. You know, and it's. I just don't go there. It doesn't right. matter. I, I truly felt that way. Had no animosity towards them whatsoever. But it did make it a little bit tough on the kids, right? Sure, that's, right. That's and God right. says I want well, stats godly. all over the place. Yeah, I want know. godly parents because I want godly kids. That's what He says. I want godly kids because mm-hmm. you know godly kids will become godly parents who have godly kids, and that's mm-hmm. that's how we keep it going. So I had a real passion for that. Run across to Insight Alpha Women's Center years ago. And they had a fundraiser, went, met, hooked up with a gentleman there that was wonderful, was into marriages, thought, hey, we got a big place out north of town. You know, would you like to do a little conference or something maybe for marriages? Oh, yeah, maybe I, he was from Chicago. Maybe I'd like to. He says, well, let's talk. So we talked and we did and we had some, he says, I'll do some training. So, okay, so he come. And we, 2016, before couples came, he trained for a weekend. That was good. I Tried to implement a little bit of that, and that was okay. That was cool, but just because I I I I'm fighting for the family, man. I'm, right. I'm, that's that's my thing, you Absolutely. know. Absolutely. I don't have to counsel. I can sometimes that counseling gets. I mean, it can be tough, mm-hmm. and so that's not my goal. It's not mm-hmm. that I want to counsel. It's like no, I want to try to hold the family together, mm-hmm. help people have this freedom in Christ mm-hmm. that Jesus says. He came to give us, and many, many, many have not experienced it because they're still carrying the shame. And so you you carried that concept of educate yourself into the marriage counseling world. And so you did some formal training, right? Yes, quite a bit of formal training later on. But you also looked at successful marriages that you had seen and and built some of that and took your cup of coffee across the street to Walmart and looked at all the cars in the lot in terms of marriage. But then you did get some formal training. And so now you have a ministry where you are counseling couples on a pretty regular basis, kind of an intensive. And so I want to give you an opportunity to kind of, kind of plug that, that ministry there. Talk to us about that ministry and what, what specifically you do there. And and, yeah, so what's going on is God has developed this. We ended up, we were going to head to Colorado to see some uh, niece and a nephew. And this gentleman from Chicago said, if you're going, if you're going to Colorado, you got to go out and see this gentleman that started this Mm -hmm. and said, okay, so what's that mean? So we ended up going out there and watching him counsel a couple and, and that was pretty unique because I saw some, you know, some pretty tough stuff, brutal stuff. That, and, uh, people and, got uh, pain, you know. And he didn't just read them a scripture and no, say you're all set. No, no, no. He just cared about their heart. So anyways, and he offered to me, there again, God saying, you know, Randy, here's a man that, that I've let you cross paths with. Like I had to go out to Colorado to cross paths with this fine mm-hmm. gentleman. And he said, you know what? I'll invest in you, Randy, if you have an interest in this. Mm-hmm. And I had the time and I had the freedom and I had the resources. And this man, after 30 years, plus his ministry of 24, so 54 years of godly pursuing helping people and mm-hmm. caring about them right. and offering them what Jesus has, said to me, Randy, I'll, I'll I'll share this with you. Like, why wouldn't I? Mm, right. Why wouldn't I? That's 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 what I love. I don't quite understand it, but anyway. So I did. Do you think and that you would? Do you think that you would have been able to pursue that opportunity if you hadn't been so successful in business financially? No, no, no way. Because so, I needed the resources to do sure. it. So okay. yeah, the fi- God gave me the finances to be able to do that. Okay. So so yeah. So I did that. 
and got the training. It was a very extensive, very hard, took quite a while, mm -hmm. and uh, have pursued that, and then and then started offering up to, to meeting with people, and mm -hmm. so uh, we've done that quite a bit, and, and then that kind of developed a little bit into, which has been very interesting. I still have people, and, and counseling someone right now with business, and so normally I get a call, say, Randy, we'd like some help with succession planning. Mm -hmm. And that's code word for we're not getting along. <laughs> I, I've learned that. It's, it's, it's like, and so, okay, yeah, come on in. I'm like, whoa, man, this is, this is a mess. And so the counseling has been great in that. So we're doing, you know, the counseling and mm -hmm. the business aspect. God sure. has given that opportunity and okay. working with couples and, and trying to do that. So that's what the Lord has presented. So now is that kind of an official ministry? Is there a, is there a, or is it just people that know that you do this and people to you and that's it i didn't even so it's not a I, randy and beth's marital counseling.com no, kind no, of no not really i mean we, we we've been kind of pushed in that but i'm not a 501c3 mm -hmm. could be just don't want to get tied up with a governmental baloney yeah right so right. you know and people are so generous they help with the resources because i buy a lot of resources and give mm -hmm. them to people mm -hmm. And we just care about people and uh, let them come in and hear their story and open up the scriptures and bring them to Jesus. And so we, we've had to make cards because I've done quite a bit of speaking and I've mm -hmm. had that opportunity, which is great, various places. And so we do that and I have the card and have, you know, going to have a conference the end of April. And so... Like, I just, you know what? I just take it a day at a time, a step at a time, so and see where the Lord leads. We, we, somebody's listening, and they're like, man, I, I either I'm, I'm struggling in my marriage, or I know somebody who's struggling in their marriage, or I know somebody who's struggling in their business, and and they, they, they'd like some help. How, how can they connect with you? What can we, we, we'll post it on social media and we'll, sure. is there a website? Sure, I can give you the card on how to contact. And it doesn't and, even have to be if you're struggling. Mm. Like really my desire would, you know, my desire was like, I'd like to help keep healthy marriages healthy, healthy. Ah, right? Okay. You know, kind and healthy businesses healthy. Right. Let's, let's, let's not wait so until more... we get to where we're, you know. <laughs> the last resort. Or right, the, like the, man, we've, we've got. <laughs> we've got you know, the divorce attorneys already well, been called. That, and... <laughs> you're our last chance. Like at least now I can say we tried everything. You know? <laughs> right. Like, oh man, it's like, don't cut the juggler. Let's come right. to me when we got a little, a little abrasion. <laughs> a little something. Yeah, Not just right. a little abrasion. Huh? We'll get that healed up fast. You, can't. you, it, you wait till it, that sucker's infected with gangrene. Got, I'm not a big fan of well, amputations, we right? Got, well, first we got to dice it open again. Right. You know, like that's painful. So it's all good. God so is you'll good. get us. You'll get us that that contact yeah, info bet. on how to you get bet. a hold of you. Happy to. And that and and. I don't want to, I don't know how big, I mean, obviously it'd be great that this podcast would bless a lot of people. So obviously so. if it, if it blew, I wouldn't want you to be overwhelmed with stuff, but, but we will, if that's all right with you, post that you when we post this. And you said at the end of April, there's a conference yes. here locally, West 24, Michigan. 24, 25, okay. April, we'll Sunday, Monday, Tuesday night. Yes. And that's not? marriage specific. No, no, no. What, what is that? It's general. Just general personal. Couples, personal, healing whatever. and yep, growth yep. kind of. This gentleman's going to come. It's basically... We're going to talk about biblical, emotional, and spiritual health. Biblical, emotional, and spiritual health. Is it you got a name for this conference or something that we can? No, not really. Go. We'll get some. No, we'll get some info. We'll post it on social media as far okay. as this conference yeah, is concerned. That. It's in West Wonderful. Michigan. Yep, limited, limited, limited so, registration. Yeah, we will check before we post it and make sure there are still seats available before we post it. Okay. So we <laughs> well, if it, when he, well, we can talk. We about can that, talk but, about that yeah, later. But so. and then this last last section of the of the podcast. Randy, we've we've uh, kind of titled Proverbs thirty two. So let's say you were you were tasked with writing Proverbs thirty two and some wisdom. And there's two people that we're talking about. I'm going to shift back to business now. Two people that we're 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 looking to talk to. And one is the guy who is new to the faith, but he's a business owner. And so he's trying to kind of figure out how to navigate. Well, how does that play out in my business dealings, and how does it play out in the way I run the business? different than I used to. And then the second guy is somebody who is a believer and, and loves Jesus and is walking with God and, and feels led to start his own business. And so he's either starting or started and from, and talk to me about, and I'm wondering if you'd touch on the education, please give us a quick, you know, a couple of verses of Proverbs 32 that would bless these, these two people that I'm talking about. 
Well, give, give me a little more segue to that. And what you're thinking, will you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just a couple of nuggets from what we've talked about. Kind of wrap it up, put a bow on it as far as if you had one or two things that you could say to a guy, you know, always this or, or you know, keep this in mind or something. Well, as, as a Christian, start your day every day with Scripture. Mm. Whether you're in business or not. Every day. God says it's a living word. There's something different about Scripture than any other book I read, and I read a lot because it is living and active, and it helps you get the right mindset. It helps get the... And there was a time when I would read a verse, like a verse. That Mm -hmm. may be all I read all day, Mm -hmm. a verse. If that's all you have time for, make sure read a verse. business be about God's business and his business is to invest in people mm. that's mm. what he does in- invest in people <clears throat> invest in people and that's I don't the- care if you're making widgets you're selling rice putting on roofs selling cut co- doesn't matter care about people mm. they're God's creation well, Randy, I just want to thank you for your time and, and the scheduling snafu here and, and location. I, I just, I really appreciate it. I appreciate your story. I think a lot of people are going to be blessed by your story and is on your ministry. Definitely praying for you. We'd encourage you to pray for the ministry that Randy's got going on with, with counseling, etc. And we always do thank you for listening to a Christian business podcast and hope to talk again soon. Thanks, yeah. Randy. Thank you.